President Trump has said that starting next week, millions of people in the U.S. illegally will be removed unless they're hot enough to be a potential Mrs. Trump number four. Facebook has reportedly unveiled its, quote, most invasive and dangerous form of surveillance yet with its new Libra cryptocurrency. Be that as it may, it'll be far less disconcerting than getting a poke from some random kid you sat behind in biology class. And finally, over 16 tons of cocaine was seized in a historic bust at a Philadelphia port. Authorities almost didn't find the cocaine as it was doused in 43 tons of whiz wit. The Trump Report starts now. You're tuned in to AfterBuzz TV, the ESPN of TV talk. Now, let the buzz Welcome to the Trump Report. It is, yes, it is I, Christian Blatt, uh, here for a fun-filled uh, Tuesday afternoon. Uh, return guest here on the Trump Report, Al Greg. How are you, sir? Hi, I'm doing good, man. The other half of the Bavarian Boys. That's right, the Bayer, Bavarian Boys are reunited <laughs> AKA here. A.K.A. Young Street Life. Young Street Life uh, from the uh, Better Call Saul after show. Yeah. And, of course, on the other end of the desk, Scott Moore. Hello. And uh, S-Man, uh, this week, it's for the fellas. Yes, so, uh, the homies. The, yeah, the right. ladies will be back soon, yeah. uh, and we'll have a programming note about uh, next week's show, mm-hmm. uh, which will involve you keeping an eye out for when exactly uh, you're going to find the show next week, but it will That's not right. be in this time slot. And uh, in the booth, we have our engineer, Ryan. Ryan. You you said that you're, you're not from Philly. You're from Delaware. Don't pretend that you're from Philly. Hey, right? went to school in Philly uh, four I'm years. Just saying you're not from Philly. All Big right. Eagles fan. I was at City Hall for the Super Bowl, right. and you know what? I've been hearing all day about this cocaine bust. Well, uh, you know, are, are, have you ever felt more proud of of the city of brotherly love? Not since Nick Foles did the Philly special <laughs> well, in Minnesota. Well, there you go. So, uh, I, you know, I I love that story. I love stories like that. Uh, good for. I mean, that's a lot of cocaine, by the way. I mean, not to you know, if you're if you're Elton John, probably not. I mean, not now. Not but now. you know, back in the yes. day, yeah, it was pro- just a yeah, regular. That, you know, that was that was that was the month of April. <laughs> back then. Uh, anyway, we have a we have a lot of things that we want to talk about, and uh, you know, Scott, uh, as a proud Floridian, I'm surprised yeah. that you're here uh, and no. not in Orlando. Uh, <laughs> as a proud Orlando Orlandoan or whatever they're Orlando. called, Orlando hmm. Floridian. Yeah, you, well, Floridian, but, but I, you're actually, I forgot yes, you're actually from, actually Orlando. from Orlando. Okay. Yeah. So, uh, you know, obviously, Orlando is is where I think a lot of uh, fairy tales begin. Uh, well, so of course that's, do you think, I mean, yeah, well, being from there, I am being from there and also a living fairy tale right here. <laughs> you've got, yeah, I mean, who knew that you'd end up on the Trump report? Exactly. You know? uh, living but, my dreams. We, you dreams know, do come true. Obviously you've got Disney true. and Universal yes. and I think Gator World might be there. Yep. And I'm sure Parrot Land and, you know. Oh yeah. So there's a yeah. lot of dreams that yes, uh, happen there. Um, the uh, so the Trump supporter Trump President Trump is very excited about the fact that Trump supporters were camped out overnight yeah. to attend this uh, th- this rally. I guess mm-hmm. there are always rallies. Uh, what uh, what do you think about this level of excitement? Is it because one it's the the first event, the official kickoff, or is it just because in Orlando? It's somewhere that you can go for free instead of <laughs> Disneyland, which I think is like one hundred and thirty dollars now. Yeah, exactly. You have to take out a mortgage now to basically right, yeah, go exactly. to Disney World. Um, you know, there were two parts actually, of course, because you know I always like to troll uh, Trump and Mitch McConnell. And I wrote back and basically said uh, about how terrible his ratings are in the city of Orlando, where this <laughs> this rally is taking place. 
and talked about him bussing in because, you know, he always accuses uh, people bussing in people from other states and other areas to vote. Uh, because actually in in Orlando, you know, Orange County is is heavily Democratic now. And, uh, and we'll get to this later when we get to polls and everything. Sure, yeah. When we start talking about the I-4 corridor, that's like the swing epicenter of the swing state. And, you know, you have Tampa, Orlando, and then up uh, up the coast you've got Daytona Beach. But uh, essentially Orlando itself only has like a 20, mid-20s approval rating for Trump. So he's actually going into an area that's really he's not very popular. And, and, and the, the city of Orlando is very Democratic. Uh, they've had a Democratic mayor there for the past uh, 16 years. Um, so the city itself is very Democratic. But then when you get to the surrounding you know, suburbs and, and exurbs, that's where you find a lot of his support. So technically people are busing in. People are coming in from the suburbs and the exurbs and like Lake County, which is west of Orlando, and it's a little bit more rural. And uh, uh, Seminole County is about 50-50 Democrat-Republican. But a lot of people in the suburbs are still very big Trump supporters. And this, as you know, is an incredibly important state. So it makes sense that any major campaign event is going to kick off in Florida because that's if you win Florida you essentially win uh, the presidency which is is interesting when you think about mm-hmm. just the the size of landmass you can understand like a, a you know a, a California or a Texas you know some of those larger states but uh, yeah obviously we've uh, well we've spent a lot of time in the last yeah. what 20 years keeping an eye on Florida yes. late into the evening well, uh, well I mean even when you look back uh, just at the last races in 2018 with uh, the gubernatorial candidacy with DeSantis and Andrew Gillum and then Rick Scott beating, who was the governor at the time, beating the incumbent Bill Nelson, who had been there since 2000, since that infamous race. You could see just how close the numbers really are. Like, Florida really is is that close every single time. Mm -hmm. So that's why if you can win Florida... Especially now with 29 electoral votes, and who knows now when the new census comes through uh, of how many more. Because this is the third biggest state now behind uh, Texas and California. So if you get Florida, that's already going to put you well ahead to, to win the presidency with the electoral votes. So and that's for, why it's so important. Uh, hang on a second. Uh, for those watching on YouTube, uh, Ryan has pulled up yep. uh, a county tw- breakdown. 2016. This Damn. is 2016. Yeah, so, so this is can... this is when Trump won. Yeah. And you see, uh, but how much of the population lives in those blue counties? Well, that's, that's a can significant the, amount, the, right? The, the majority of the population is down southeast. Florida, where you see Miami-Dade County at the very bottom, and then you have Broward County and Palm Beach County, and then further up, Orlando is in Orange County, which is in the middle. Basically, you have that little county above it, which is Seminole, and the the bigger county below is Osceola. So that's the Orlando metro area, and you can see that's where, you know, again, where he's going to, right in the middle of all that, where the big population, but to the west, like Lake County... Uh, and all those areas, they're very rural, so and and exurban. So you have a lot of people that are coming well, that are very big Trump supporters. And, and, and I, I didn't there. expect us to get this bogged down in Florida, but I'm, yeah. I, I happen to be curious. There's that uh, over but near the Panhandle. There's yeah. uh, two blue counties. Yeah. What what's there? Leon County, uh, Tallahassee. Oh, okay. And uh, that's all very populated with you know again. Um, uh, very democratic areas there in the panhandle. So uh, we're going to assume that this isn't the uh, only visit to Florida that President Trump's no. going to make. Of I, course. I think he, he'll probably be back soon and often. I'm sorry, Al, what were you going to say before? No, I was just going to say, aside from everybody knows the importance of Florida and how controversial it's been, the only thing that amazes me even more than that is just how intense the Floridian voters are. I mean, like you're talking about the yeah. people he's bussing in, but they're each person, their intensity and loyalty to Trump is like off the charts. Yeah. And um, I don't know, man, I, I guess that's that's always like a huge factor when you talk about, OK, Trump and his base. Right. He yeah. doesn't have a majority. He's always less way under 50 mm-hmm. percent. Mm-hmm. But his devoted followers will do anything for him. 
Well, that's why I say it's a cult. But that's a whole other discussion because you no, have no, but I you mean, have a cult of personality there. It's, it goes beyond a party. It goes beyond yeah. all that. And yeah, it's look, now to a point and anybody where, that's that in lockstep with yeah. their candidate mm-hmm. or elected official, I mean, you you know, sure. And and uh, Chelsea, who's usually here, hates when I compare Trump supporters to Bernie supporters. In the sense of just how passionate they are about their guy and how they would pretty much, you know, do anything with, well, yeah. you know what I mean. Yeah, yeah. They would follow <laughs> to the letter of the law. Yeah. Well, they would, within the letter of the law, at least for one side. But in all honesty, you know, just that level of, uh, of passion. And I mean, to me, that's what was severely lacking for Hillary's campaign. Right, absolutely. Was that 100%. There was almost no passion. Yeah. It was just like, well, I guess that's who we got. Yeah. And I don't want that other guy. But I would say for the base, that has built so much over these last three mm-hmm. years because even if there's things that – look, there's things that a lot of them definitely don't like. Uh, if you're truly an evangelical, you definitely have to just uh, you know look the other way and mm-hmm. give up on the – Three marriages, uh, infidelity. I could go on. Still hasn't built the wall. Immigration well, is worse. Supposedly, I mean that's 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 a huge issue to a lot of people. Is that you know where's the wall? I I saw a tweet. They showed it on on CNN when I was at the gym the other day. A, a tweet from uh, Ann Coulter who was like, "Hey, remember when we were going to get a wall?" So she really <laughs> won't let go of that. And the fact that it bothers Trump is why she's really doubled down on it. Yeah. I'm assuming that her next book will be called "Remember When We Were Going to Get a yeah. Wall." <laughs> but anyway, uh, and I think the more that you know the the media and also the self-proclaimed intelligentsia tells you that how terrible this president is. They're willing to overlook a lot oh of things because they they're they're like, well, we like him for the Supreme Court. There are these issues that are important to us. Kind of the rest can sort of you know fall by the wayside. Like a lot of people were able to you know still defend Bill Clinton despite mm-hmm. his allegations. They're like, you we're not worried about that part of it. We're worried about the the president part so. and, and the fact that he has continued to double down on that base as well. He has not tried to expand his numbers at all. He's not tried to reach out to anyone else. Yeah, he hasn't even tried to reach out to even some other Republicans who are very wary of him. He's just doubled down that base. He's been giving that base that love, so they're even more encouraged to continue to support him no matter what. And he's hoping, which we'll have to see what happens next year, but he's hoping that he can still get those people to passionately go out and vote because he won by such a weird ability there of getting uh, that white working class vote that he'll have to see if he can actually pull those votes again and and actually pull that, especially in the upper Midwest and other states that went back to Democrats uh, during the midterms last year. So it'll, it'll be interesting to see if that strategy actually works or if it's now a, a, a failing strategy. That's and quick note on the Republicans in Congress. I'm sorry. I just It just amazes me how loyal they are to him. Mm-hmm. Like, nobody wants to cross him. Nobody wants to get beyond the other side of Donald Trump, you know, when they're running and get those tweets and get primaried. But, you know, it, it, to me, it's amazing. It, mm-hmm. The impressive thing about it is that, you know, the, the people who were the most outspoken, like, you can, you can you know, I mean, he, he's hardly a tough guy, but Paul Ryan was someone who was never really, you know, ranking file but he's not there anymore and uh, i think that you know and we'll be able to focus on this i think next year when it comes down to re-election and how far from trump you need to be mm-hmm. uh you're gonna have people who you know get photographed giving him a big hug because that's gonna help and then you have some that are just like oh yeah i'm sorry i'm not gonna be able to <laughs> yeah, introduce yeah. you at that rally but uh you know right. it's it's orlando well, I, I think we can get somebody to put on the fivel, the American tail mouse. They can go ahead, because yeah, Mickey's not going to get in on that. You got to get the you got to get the American tail mouse. 
so uh, I think that you know, to me, this is a big event because the entire family is going to be there, uh, including Tiffany. So if <laughs> Tiffany Trump is allowed to go, you know, you know it's, a big deal. It's, it's for everybody. <laughs> and I don't even know who Tiffany is. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. Right. That's, Mar- that's Marla Maples' daughter. That's his okay. second wife's daughter. Okay. Yep. You know, the, the, the one who you see once in a while. And I just find it fitting that the event is being held at the Amway Center, yes, exactly. which is basically like the Avon of dish detergent. You know, Another you're going, cult. You're going door to door, just selling. It's it's a little bit like like basically being called a Snake Oil Stadium. Well, you, and you know, it's uh, it, it is Betsy DeVos's father-in-law who, right, of course, had owned the Orlando Magic at the time, and then they bought the naming rights to the arena at the time because, wow. uh, yeah. So it is actually so. There's all that connection there. So Trump I'm, sure, I'm sure Betsy DeVos is going to be there too. Well, I mean, you know, how 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 are we not there? Uh, I, but I should be there covering it. I know. Are sleeping bags in your tent? It'll be it'll be interesting to be able to uh, focus on a, a little bit about you know how this event goes, and uh, mm-hmm. also uh, next week we will have two. Uh, not presidential debates, but we will have two candidate debates because there are, of course, a thousand Democrats running for the nomination. And uh, last week we had a big conversation about how I think it's too many. Mm -hmm. Uh, Some people feel that this is the time for there to be too many. Exactly. I agree. I think when you have to hold it on two nights, that's when it's too many. (laughs) Uh, And then there's there's the A-list night, which is kind of really the second night is the good night. So uh, you'll have to – we will not be doing this show next Tuesday at the usual time. We'll be doing a debate post-show, which we'll have to let you know. We may only do one show after Thursday. I think Mm -hmm. uh, it's getting tricky for people to schedule the Wednesday night. And uh, I can also go to a screening of the new Spider-Man movie that night. So that's already... (laughs) I'll tell you that, which is more important for me. It's for my other shows. I need to go. So, uh, do research. Yeah, it is. Uh, And so I I believe we'll be doing Thursday at 9 Pacific. Uh, The the debate will end at 8. So uh, you'll be able to find us on AfterBuzz Thursday at 9. Anyway, uh, let's talk about... uh, there's a, there's a variety of other things I want to talk about, but uh, Al, uh, you know, in asking to come back on, you had a very specific issue that I know you wanted to bring up, mm-hmm. which is something that's already starting to come up on the campaign trail. So I wanted to kind of let you speak. Right, to us. right. I've been um, following. I don't know if you guys. Well, reparations has been a topic, you know, obviously, sure. ever oh, yeah. since slavery, Jim Crow, but it hasn't been brought back up, at least officially, you know, into the Congress, to the government, for over a decade. Mm-hmm. So uh, tomorrow. Uh, June 19th, and if you guys mm-hmm. don't know, better known as Juneteenth. Mm-hmm. There you go. Are you from the South? Mm-hmm. You already yep. from, from, from Orlando, Florida. Florida. <laughs> oh, there you go. Floridian. And, uh, Wait, where are you from? <laughs> born and raised in L.A. City, boy. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so, so South, South Central? South. South, Southern California? <laughs> South just, L.A. I, hey, South. South. Yeah, exactly. Go and, ahead. Um, yeah, for those of you who don't know what... Um, what Juneteenth is? That was uh, the day that the uh, June nineteenth was uh, was the day that uh, the slaves were officially freed in Texas. But the reason you refer to June nineteenth as Juneteenth is a kind of like expression of, of vagueness is because the word didn't get around to everybody. Some oh. people didn't get it till months later. Mm-hmm. Some of the slaves didn't get it till probably like a year oh, later. Sure. So it yeah. has a whole lot of significance. But that's when they, they've chose to do the uh, House hearing right. on and slavery just, reparations tomorrow. Just to tomorrow. interject, I mean, mm-hmm. there, uh, it's not just the Civil War, but the Civil War in particular, there were battles that took place, what, months yeah. after the oh, war yeah. was actually over. Yeah. Because, yeah. Uh, you know, they they apparently had really bad Wi-Fi. Uh, <laughs> at that point, I don't, I don't quite understand 
understand yeah. how it happened. Yeah. But anyway, back to your, your uh, muskets more didn't have Wi Fi. Yeah. yeah. So, but um, one of the uh, interesting things that's kind of propelled this uh, debate on reparations because it's always been kind of simmering in the background is this movement called the ADOS movement. And I was uh, telling Christian about it, and I don't know if you've uh, been following it, but mm-hmm. uh, we've been. I think like, we were like the first people on the other network, our sister network BHL, to kind of uh, to introduce it. And I've been on it for like over a year. ADOS for those who don't know, stand. It's a hashtag move. Hashtag ADOS stands for American Descendants of Slaves. And basically, the main, while it's an identifier of a certain community, black people who are descendants of uh, uh, slaves in America, well, identifies their community, but it basically revolves around the topic of reparations and being very specific. They're like the more the more militant, the more cut and dry. We don't want to hear about, you know... Uh, reconciliation we don't want to hear about giving the money to restitution to people of color we wanted there specifically we wanted to go to black people who were descendants of slaves and some people it's it's, i guess it seemed kind of controversial but twitter has really uh propelled that debate but uh particularly black twitter because all the democratic candidates from cory booker to kamala harris to elizabeth warren all of them were mom on reparations, and then when they started being brought mm-hmm. up on Hot on Twitter, they were like, well, you know, I don't think it's a good idea, and, you know, and how do we come up with a number of that? But the, uh, but the debate online has forced each and every one in the Democratic Party to say, okay, this is something we need to take a look at. And that really, if you're kind of like uh, coming out against reparations, is if you're a Democrat, you're on like, kind of like the wrong side politically. Well, that was the reason why I wanted to, you know, first of all, I, I think it's a, it's a, it's an interesting topic and it's, we were starting to see this creep up over, you, I, I feel like it's only been in the last month or so that it's become more vocal. Not that it never came up, mm-hmm. but specifically with who you're talking about, Cory Booker, Kamala Harris. Right. I heard with Cory Booker yeah. for sure. Yeah. Um, any of the baby the 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 baby grant type thing that he was pushing for a while oh, that and that, yeah. That's the one I heard first and, from him, but and I, but he I, was one of those guys who started stuttering the minute you asked yeah. him about right. it originally. And, and I do think that it's it's an issue that you know, look, when you're running for well, you're running for anything, but when you're ultimately attempting to run for the nomination for president. You're you've got pretty buttoned down on the topics you're expecting to be asked about, mm. and this isn't something that comes up every cycle. Right. So uh, it is something that I think uh, people are very passionate about. Mm-hmm. Obviously, uh, but yeah, they're basically you're not going to get to be the Democrat who comes out strongly against reparations mm. if if you expect to get the nomination. I mean, right. I think no matter you, know, I don't think any of them have strong enough uh, footing that they could be like. You know, what you'll probably get is a, yeah, I think I... Yeah, I, we should I, look into yeah, it. Like, That's I like the, the idea. Let's take a look at it. Let's discuss it. I think it's yeah. a really good idea. Let's we're talk gonna, about it. We're yeah. going to need to explore it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And you're, gonna, you're definitely going to get right. some of that. Which is... But, I, you know, it, these, these debates that are, are going to happen next week, I would like to see, you know, maybe just go down the line, the, the t- or, or just say the 10 of you, mm. anybody against it. And the person that puts their hand up should get time. I was like, well, then tell us why. Uh, They'll probably not be running for president anymore the next day. But I, I think if you're a Democrat and you don't believe in it, uh, I would at least be interested in hearing somebody defend it. I think it's one of those issues, though, that everybody's going to have to get in line on. Look, there were plenty of Democrats who, you know, famous Democrats like President Obama and Hillary Clinton who weren't in favor of gay marriage at right. one point. But mm-hmm. then, obviously, times change. Mm-hmm. And I'm perfectly fine with people changing their mind on, on any issue. Mm. I just wonder... 
how strongly people are right. going to feel about this. Well, here's and, where my, and, 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 and what's you, political but, about it and right. what's them And if the issue is important changing. to you, and I don't mean just you, Al, yeah, but yeah. to everyone, yeah. if it's important to you, you have to really weed out who do I feel is being is not being disingenuous well, about mm-hmm. this support. Which is my next, which is my next uh, response. And just from a personal standpoint, I know anything boils down to a political issue, just like impeachment. It's not a matter of mm-hmm. whether it's right or wrong or what mm-hmm. you deserve. So I'm not one of those people who's like, okay, Gimme, 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 or or if you don't, then I'm gonna die. I, you know, I work hard. People know you work hard, but it, it's important to know where where people stand when you ask them if you're willing to pay an outstanding debt of service. Uh, and uh, mm-hmm. Ryan in the booth uh, wanted to point out that Bernie Sanders has always he, been in favor of them. So uh, that that seemed like we were getting some Bernie bro information, that, but that's all right. It's it's a fact, and I'm glad that you brought it to. I'm uh, just fact checking. I'm yeah, just fact right. checking. Hey, real right. quick, guys, can we, I chime in real quick? Please too? do. Here's the poli- we were talking about the politics of it, mm-hmm. and this is where I'm very cynical. If you look down, I, I, I shot Christian a list. And oh, it was yeah. like a, a, an image of all the people that were actually on the House committee. Uh, from what I saw, there was only one uh, black person. I think mm-hmm. it was Sheila Jackson. Mm-hmm. The you know the rest whites and immigrants and fine but the ironic thing is when you look at that that image if you know if you take a look at it you can google it i, I actually got it off this guy uh Tariq nasheed's uh uh twitter timeline he's a very outspoken uh guy for uh for reparations yeah well but- let me just interject uh ryan mm-hmm. if you can find uh Tariq nasheed and that's Tariq with a q mm-hmm. uh you probably find it he posted it on twitter uh yeah. today uh, a little bit around noon uh so sorry about that i i yeah. i didn't realize that i would have done uh, a better service to the show <laughs> if i had shared that with uh, well, ryan well anyway he kind of like breaks it down and he shows where each you know uh congressman is from and actually not one of them is a descendant of american slaves including um uh, Sheila Jackson, Sheila you know, Jackson her family, family's mm-hmm. are Jamaican immigrants. Uh-huh. So, but wow. here's the other side to it. They're going to have people like um, Danny Glover come and speak and Ta-Nehisi Coates, you know, very well-known writer. And he wrote The Case for Reparations. But I'm like you. I'm very cynical at the end of the day that things are going to get done. It's going to be, in my opinion, I hate Hope for the best, but prepare for the worst. Right. Just more talking. Right. Like, yeah, let's no, talk feel, about feel, it. Well, and I, I, I do think that it's, you know, this sort of this support, you know, genuine or not uh, on the Democratic side is going to make this a, a big issue for President Trump, because mm-hmm. I think you're going to hear some people that, that hear that thrown around. And, you know, it's it's very easy to characterize everyone who would be against it as a racist. I think that there are probably a lot of people who might be conditionally in favor of it. It's like, well, what can you prove in terms of your ancestry? Exactly. And look, that, those records have to be very difficult to, you know, to, you know, without a doubt say mm. like, oh, yeah, because I would say a lot of people who are, you know, undoubtedly descended from from slaves can't mm. actually prove it right you know? it's so difficult i think to, yeah it's difficult to find but they're there mm-hmm. like with all the research you know we have all these uh ancestry.com and you can come up you know if if the if people are willing to put in the effort like case in point okay ben affleck this is how it landed on the other oh, yeah, side I remember this. Mm-hmm. yeah you know he was doing that interview about his ancestry and they found out that his grandfather great great whoever one of his ancestors yeah, a, a, owned a plantation owned slaves mm-hmm. and the thing is it can be very specific it's not just about who had a dis- who had an ancestor who was a slave to me it's if you have one that qualifies you because they put in a numerous uh, free hours of labor, mm-hmm. but it's also like where did the wealth come from? You can docu- you can narrow it down to specific families, particular companies, just like they did when um, 
with the with the uh, Jews from the Holocaust, which I supported after World War II. We're going to reward them, you know, with their sure. own state. We're going to support mm-hmm. them monetarily. And I think it was the German companies like uh, Mercedes and Volkswagen. So there's specific families and specific companies that benefited off of generational wealth. Yeah, and I think, look, if if you, well, especially if you were a, a, a plantation-owning family in the South in this time period, you know, there you just have to say, like, yes, that's, you know, it's a terrible thing from right. our past, and, and let's try to figure out what to do about it. But you have to mean it, you know, and I, mm-hmm. I don't know that that'll be the interesting thing, and I'm sure that... Uh, there are people at work on trying to figure out of these candidates mm. who might actually have a, you know family ties as as faint as they might be right. uh, to possibly having you know profited substantially you know from the this free labor from slaves and you know who will be doing the uh, heaviest amount of research into it uh, not the Trump campaign but other <laughs> Democrats will be looking into other Democrats uh, who listen, hope I'd like to that, see that yeah that, that you know Joe Biden has has like a, a South Carolina wing of his family or something. <laughs> that would be interesting. That, that made millions that on sugar in 1850. Yeah, yeah. 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 Uh, so, uh, yeah, again, look, it's a, it's a fascinating issue that uh, it'll be interesting to me to see how it plays out. Right. Uh, and I, I think that it, it's so multifaceted. And I think that we're going to hear a lot about it. And at some point, President Trump is going to have to tell you what he thinks. Right. And, this, yeah, and then... Uh, and it depends on when he got asked about it. Mm. Is he coached on his answer, or does he give one of the answers that the next day he said, "Well, that I didn't say that; mm-hmm. it's fake news," and you can play it back, and it's like, "But that's what you said," and so, "Well, that's not what I meant." Mm. So uh, it'll be interesting, uh, as I said. So yeah. uh, let us know uh, in the chat your thoughts on this as a whole, but also so there's the issue of reparations itself, right. but then also the political ramifications of this clearly is going to become uh, an important issue. And, you know, let me pose the question and maybe we'll get to it next week. Do you think it'll be a, a, a distraction from, uh, you know, people that are running basically on an agenda of, hey, we have to replace Trump uh, if you get bogged down on not this specific issue, but these other issues that, uh, you know, start to eclipse everything? It else. already has become a divisive right, issue. Right. Yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. So uh, and I, I, I am sure it will come up in uh, probably both of those debates uh, next week. Where do you stand? Right. Exactly. <laughs> now, something that I I wanted to get to, uh, we didn't have time for it last week, but the story continued to evolve this week, uh, which is the uh, back and forth between uh, Jon Stewart and Mitch McConnell. Now, Jon Stewart is a comedian who, uh, amongst his many accomplishments, once upon a time hosted a show called Short Attention Span Theater, where they showed uh, comedy clips of like basically music videos of stand-up comedians. And that's someone who is, uh, you know, kind of lasered in on by the uh, majority leader of the United States Senate, Mitch McConnell. Uh, and I think the fact that he's addressing this will tell you uh, how effective it was last week when Jon Stewart uh, spoke out on behalf of you know the first responders who were having that uh, that beneficiaries fund uh, you know it, it was up for renewal and the fact that you know no one was there 
Uh, well, not no one. That's 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 not true. That now see what I just did there. That's fake news. <laughs> but but it, what was it? Five, right? There were only five uh, five of the uh, the elected officials who uh, who actually attended. Look it up, something like that. Yeah, yeah I believe. Very, I, yeah, and so I'm I'm generalizing. So I, I but it wasn't enough. Uh, and he did tear. You know, he tearfully and very impassioned. You know, tried to speak up for these people. And uh, Mitch McConnell has uh, is actually the roadblock to this, as he is on so many mm-hmm. things, because it passed the House the next day. I think that was very effective. But just like if, you know, you vote to repeal Obamacare in a Republican House and you have a Democratic Senate, it stops there. If you were to possibly ratify articles of impeachment in the House, the Senate wouldn't have to take it up. So this is this is the, the step that it's at now. And uh, Mitch McConnell specifically said that Jon Stewart was, quote, looking for something to take offense with when he tearfully berated Congress uh, for not showing up for this uh, 9-11 hearing. Uh, so any anyone who saw that video, uh, I think it, it's hard to not see what an important issue this is for Jon Stewart, you know, and if it weren't important for him, you would hope somebody else would step. Because I know he's been outspoken about this for years. I, yes. mm-hmm. and, I can't uh, believe we're still dealing with it. Right. It and that it, it has, it, it has to get renewed. Right. This, this portion of it has to get renewed right. every five years. Mm-hmm. And look, Mitch McConnell's in charge. The expectation is that uh, we that's, that's what will happen again. Uh, you know, this will come up again in five years and we'll see what his beard looks like then. But uh, so I just sort of wanted to kind of get your thoughts on it on the whole and why you think and I know that you try to not live inside the mind of Mitch McConnell Scott oh God but no. why you think <laughs> this this issue in particular is uh, is something that he's not willing to really pass a clean bill is it just because he won't take something from the house and be like yeah yeah they did it right mm-hmm. he needs to put his stink on everything yeah no I, I I do think that and I think he wants to you put it back on John Stewart being a overdramatic liberal yeah. and you know, playing it up is like, this was not a big deal. He's turning it into something that's a bigger deal. Of course, we're going to pass something that's going to include taking care of the the families and everything. But but again, it's it's like I've said from the very beginning, uh, Trump is basically a bumbling idiot that really doesn't have experience in in government. And Mitch McConnell's the one that carries out all these things because he's the one that knows how to game the system and he has for years. And, and we've talked about this. And this is where Republicans were smarter the Democrats from the beginning, going back to the 80s. Ever since, you know, they, they got Ronald Reagan in in a landslide in 80, they have been planning the long game and they've been focusing on the judges and the Supreme Court. And and then they when they lost in, in uh, 2006, they started focusing on state level to be able to take back the power at the state level and build up their bench. And, and this is something that Mitch McConnell and the Republicans have done a very good game at. Um, that said, yes, he doesn't want to have anything it even looks like it came from Democrats that he's supporting, um, and it's 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 too bad that uh, he continues to play this game, especially at this point in time when it should be clean and it should be yeah. an easy thing that we all unanimously agree on. I felt like John Stewart was all but saying his name when he was saying, "But there's one person mm-hmm. who's this roadblock when mm-hmm. it hits the floor." Mm-hmm. Uh, and by the way, five of the fourteen members on the subcommittee showed up for that hearing mm-hmm. last week, so I, I was right that it was five. I actually thought it was five out of ten. So it's even <laughs> yeah, it's even it a smaller s- percentage. Yeah, it's a third. I thought it was six. Essentially, and, a third. and see, here was a narrative. John was saying uh, he was displeased about how come there wasn't enough people, and then the, then the 
the other narrative came back, well, it's a small committee, but it, was, it wasn't the full amount mm-hmm. of the committee. Everybody wasn't there. And it's so funny, the different uh, narratives well, back and, and forth. And Al, I wanted you to get your reaction to uh, Mitch McConnell. Uh, the direct quote is, uh, I don't know why he's all bent out of shape. Mm-hmm. And I mean, I would say that Mitch McConnell... Uh, I would say Mitch McConnell is kind of synonymous with tone deaf, mm-hmm. but uh, I I think I don't know. I guess it says a lot with where we are right now that uh, him saying that hasn't become a bigger issue. Yeah, because exactly. That's terrible optics. Exactly. Right? Like, why is he all bent out of shape over these first responders who have basically shortened our life to try to help people on the worst day in the history of this country? So go ahead. No, just, I, I want gonna, you to react to that. Well, yeah, I was just going to say I was amazed by that statement too, but. We're in the age, we're in the era of Trump. So the bar has gotten so mm-hmm. low that you can say things and just so crass, lower and lower, lower and lower. lower, so yeah. crass and so classless. It's almost like we're not even surprised anymore. Mm-hmm. And that's the unfortunate part. All if, without getting a, taking a political stance on on the corruption, I think that goes on with the Trump administration. Mm-hmm. But let's just say because he he does so many things openly, mm-hmm. and that gives the other that the the Republicans to do things openly. He's literally saying, you know, I'll shoot somebody and I'll get off for mm-hmm. it. So and you know, I'll, I'll do this and I'll do that and I'll say why. Why are you being, you know, why are you being uh, so emotional about this, about this topic? And like, but we're getting, it's, it's been normalized is what I'm saying. And, um, it, and it has been. And also with, with him too, with, with Mitch McConnell, he doesn't have to worry as much because he's from Kentucky. It's not like he's in a battleground state where he even thinks he might have any kind of, he feels pretty comfortable to be as disgusting about it as he wants to be because he feels he's in, in a safe enough place that either he's going to win again easily in Kentucky next year. And that, uh, you know, that he thinks that if he can hold on to the Senate, then he's going to be leader again. So he doesn't feel the repercussions necessarily that maybe some other people would feel if they were knowing that they were going to be up for a, a, a big race next year. And, you know, uh, so he feels that he can get away with anything, too. Kind of like Trump. He's taking a page from Trump and thinking he can say whatever he wants now. Yeah, I think uh, that, you know, Mitch McConnell is... Uh I don't know, like you were saying before, you know, he's someone who is, this is the stuff that he's actually good mm-hmm. at. He's very well versed in all of this. Uh, it's just, uh, it's it's very particular, you know, the, 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 the means to the end. And, uh, you know, like we were saying, I don't, I don't really see there being any negatives for him for doing this, yeah. you know, and you, which is sad you, too. Yeah, mm-hmm. and uh, you know when you know we talk about the the corruption that that Al referenced. I mean, I, I you know, uh, Chelsea, who's usually here, will be the first to point out. She will always say things like, "Well, it's more Republicans than Democrats," but mm-hmm. it is everybody. Yeah, mm-hmm. and I think that that True. is a fundamental problem. Absolutely, uh, especially on you know, well, not even especially, just on any issue, mm-hmm. you run into these problems, and uh, I, I, you know. You know, I think that when it comes to this specific issue, that's the just the infuriating thing that even this gets politicized right. when it should just be cut and dried, and the hearing shouldn't even have to happen. The fact that you know what, uh, you know, nine people didn't show that shouldn't matter because right. it shouldn't have had to happen, and it should have right. just this should have been taken care of right. in two thousand one. You know, basically, right. And it's the same thing with disaster relief that's now become politicized yeah. too. Whenever you're saying, okay, well, we want to uh, give billions of dollars to help people with hurricane relief and and fire, uh, wildfire 
fire damage, and then it becomes politicized now too. And can I? St- I'm sorry, man. You, hit, you just hit the nail on the head when you, when you brought up uh, natural disasters mm-hmm. because that's one of the things they used to conflate. Mm-hmm. Obviously, nine and one was a huge disaster, life changing disaster. Mm-hmm. But then they start conflating it. Well, what do we do with the tornadoes? It's like the same thing mm-hmm. they 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 do with the reparations. Well, okay, well, well, gay people deserve reparations. Yes, they do. But were they enslaved? No. But they'll start throwing in all different mm-hmm. types of layers and um and nuances that'll cloud the issue uh we only have about two minutes so Ooh, wow. it's sort of a, a, a you know a, it's too big an issue to do as a throwaway topic but i i wanted to throw this in before we moved uh, on for the day uh so uh scott how do you feel about uh the the escalating escalating situation with Iran. Uh, do you feel comfortable that we have a commander in chief who's going to uh, responsibly handle this uh, situation? <laughs> I think everyone that's listened to this podcast more than once already knows what I think about it. Yes, yeah. Russia. Russia. What do you think? Russia. Well, well, then the follow up to that is: What do you think will actually? Uh, what do you think realistic expectation is? Uh, it happens be basically between now and the next time we do the show uh, next week. Uh, well, I mean, I don't, I don't think we're going to be going into war, perhaps in the next week or two. But um, I, I, it's a lot of saber rattling. It's, it's again, you have someone like John Bolton that's trying to run things here right now, and he's always wanting to get a war going, and and, and that's why the Cuba policy has changed again. Um, that's why you see some of these issues again with North Korea, um, China. A lot of this stuff starts with with. You know, someone like that who's a neocon that's just gaming for war, and and it, it's very dangerous. Um, as as if we didn't learn the hard enough lessons from Afghanistan and Iraq, and then even going back to other wars, like even going back to Vietnam. I mean, we just getting ourselves involved in things that we shouldn't be, and provoking people we shouldn't be, and um, it, it could have disastrous results for for us, but also just in the Middle East itself, because that that you know is like a, a powder keg. There, it's sort of like you know the the, the start to World War One, you, know, you take one little powder keg there, you let it go off, and then it, it, it goes spreads into the Middle East, and the next thing you know, you're, you're involved in a major war, and then you have oil prices that are, are through the roof, and you have a lot of other issues out there that, uh, again, like we talked about with North Korea when that was a risk about two years ago, it's just not something that's smart that we should be provoking right now. So hopefully cooler heads will avail, but... But uh, where are those cool heads? I know. We're, we're, we, and look, we, we don't have you can, any, but. You can say everything, you anything and everything you want about John Bolton, but uh, amazing mustache. I, you, can, <laughs> you, you cannot take that away from him. Uh, so as we wind things down here, Al, as as somebody who I, I'm sure is certainly cognizant and aware of what's going on politically, I, I feel like you don't. Uh, you know, live and die by this stuff. You don't breathe these issues. Uh, what, as as we're talking now and as we're here, what is it on uh, June 18th, 2019, what do you think is maybe not even the most important? Is there something that you personally are like, oh, this is what I'm terrified about and I want to send people uh, off into the night not being able to fall asleep with whatever keeps Al Gregg up at night. <laughs> that's, a, that's a scary man because uh, I've gotten so cynical and the bar's gotten so low. Mm-hmm. Honestly, yeah. I'm preparing myself for another Trump administration. I, I would say that all of us should be prepared for yeah, that. Yeah, you, know, you know, Dems, we got a circular firing, Scott, but it, is, it, is it scary? Yes, but it... But, um, it's also it wouldn't be surprising, and uh, we were talking about the bar constantly getting lowered and us being more inoculated uh, to to these uh, to these policies. I guess what I'm saying is I've had to as much as of a 
as much as of a political junkie I've had, I am, I've had to divorce myself so much from the process because it will eat at you mm-hmm. and feed at you and so much is out of your control you know it's at this point i mean i'm an independent i'm not even allowed to vote in the primary but i just can't wait to like you know like vote for the vote for the uh for the bills and the things that i can and sure. the local you know and local elections because i feel like so much of this is like is out of our control or you know, just big bigger picture, man. You, you can vote in the Democratic primary though. Yeah, in California. There you go. In California, you can. See, I didn't yes. even. I didn't not even know. Not Republican, but you can yeah. in the Democrat. Thank right. You. And by the way, party. I also uh, depends on your polling place. Uh, <laughs> when you go on uh, primary day, sometimes they'll say like, "Which one are you, Democrat or Republican?" I'm like, "Really? You're not going to yeah. check?" Well, then. <laughs> Obviously, <laughs> obviously, I'm gonna I'm gonna write in Arnold Schwarzenegger, the Republican. <laughs> or they're gonna put you in the wrong place, which I've gone before too, and had to drive to the other place, oh, so I didn't have. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so yeah, I think it's uh, it, 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 it's an interesting time because I think that the outrage and just how passionate people felt when Trump was elected. Uh, you you can't burn that brightly forever. And I think people mm. are literally burned out on it. And I think that's going to be the real problem in 2020 mm. for Democrats looking to inspire people to make a change. You got to give them something that they want to vote for, mm-hmm. not like you did last time right. where you gave them something that they're like, well, I guess I have to, you know, I mean, it, 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 essentially both parties did that. They gave mm-hmm. you something that's like, well, let's see what happens. Everybody hold their nose and see mm-hmm. see where it comes down. And I, I mean, just in general, I mean, you talk to people, they're just like, yeah, they don't like Trump. But they just they can't they just can't do it all. We don't the time. have an exciting candidate. We don't have another Obama. So mm-hmm. and and it's just uh, I mean there's another one out there who could run for president if but she, she wanted ain't to. Doing it. I, God I know. bless her. And I, th- I think Sasha and Malia aren't old enough yet. Not yet. But, uh, I think she, that job, man. No. Yeah, but in, she's in any smart. Case, she gets it. Yeah. In any case, I I think that uh, you know, and I I look even people who do like Trump, they're just like. You know, there, there's like we said before, there's plenty of things that they dislike about him, but they're like, yeah, I mean, he's somebody I'll vote for. It just you're getting to a point where nobody wants to talk about it because of just you don't know how over the top the other side of the conversation is, mm-hmm. you know. And uh, doing the show is usually fun, but uh, it can be exhausting to just keep up yeah. with everything and, it is. and what's going on. And but, I think you just before we get out of here, man, sure. I just want I think you hit the nail on the head when you when you said that uh, if you want an alt. If you want an alternative to Trump, you have to find an alternative. You need to find someone to replace him with until that person exists and there's somebody with that type of message and that transcendent and uh, that type of candidate. Yeah. And, uh, you know, it's uh, time will tell if uh, if that person is one of these 20 that will be debating uh, next Mm, week, Wednesday and Thursday. It's it's fascinating to see if you can get someone like you were saying, if someone not just to vote against Trump, but someone that you want to vote for. Right. And 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 that, by the way, that's that's who has a chance of winning is somebody that you're voting for. Not when you're basically checking mm -hmm. off the box that says not Trump. Right. You guys aren't excited about Joe Biden? (laughs) (laughs) he's He's a perfect example. <laughs> that people are going to get as excited as they can because yeah. they think he's going to win. Mm. And I don't know. I, it's it's hard to isolate anyone who's like, oh, yeah, this is a clear-cut winner. Yeah, I don't uh, know. Yeah. I just get excited whenever and, I think and about anybody, Joe Biden. And anybody who gets excited <laughs> about the poll numbers that show any of these candidates beating Trump by 13 points. I mean, the Joe Biden polls were very exciting. I will admit that. With uh, Texas yeah. and Florida, I was very excited. But I was like, sure. really, him? But, really? but they're a year and a really? half. Yeah, a year and a half <laughs> and out. him? So, uh, it'll okay. Work. Yeah, but fortunately, we'll be here to keep an eye on all of it. Uh, right. And we appreciate everybody who joined us live and everybody watching the archive 
live, and uh, we will let you know when to expect us. But I believe Thursday night at nine Pacific. But until then, Al, where do people find you? Hey, everybody, I'm also going to give you my Twitter this time. You can find me at Jamaica House Doc on Twitter. Al G, thank you. Brat, brat. <laughs> and Scott Moore, where do people find you? You can find me on Twitter at SMAN80. That's SMAN80. And, of course, I'll be trolling Trump and uh, Mitch McConnell. Mm-hmm. And you can find me on Twitter and Instagram at ChristianDMZ. Thanks so much, everybody. We'll see you next week. Bye. Our founder, Kevin Undergaro, and me, Maria Menunos, would like to thank you for tuning in to AfterBuzz TV. Remember, we're not just the first, we're the biggest in the world, and we're the only destination for all your favorite TV shows. Whatever you crave, we've got it. So go to AfterBuzzTV.com and check out our lineup. Buzz you later. <laughs> the views expressed herein are those of the hosts only. do not necessarily reflect the views of AfterBuzz TV or its owners or principals. I have. I know, I, I, I remember the reference. <laughs>